0: Hi everyone, welcome back to the Life Bath podcast and another amazing episode if I do say so myself. I am probably going to end up saying thank you at the beginning of every single episode but thank you again for all your support on the last episode, it really is overwhelming and it is just so nice. Moving forward, I think I'm going to do a few shout outs of people that follow me and if you'd like to be mentioned on the next episode then tweet me why you enjoy listening to the podcast and I will read them out. As always, I want to mention our wonderful sponsors, Relish Coffee Company and Relish Cafe in Whitley Bay. They are a friendly cafe with incredible coffee and food. It's dog friendly and that's why I love it. I also buy the coffee beans that they roast for my daily morning coffee and I really couldn't live without it. So let me know if you visited Relish Cafe um, in Whitley Bay and uh, what you thought of it. Right, on to episode three. Today's guest is the lovely Gemma from the blog Gemma's Little World. Gemma describes herself as a plus size fashion blogger and she really is inspirational to everyone that follows her, especially on Instagram where she showcases her body confident photos and beautiful style. I chat to Gemma about being a plus size blogger, body confidence and why she is passionate about inclusivity in the fashion industry. So keep listening and enjoy. Hi Gemma, thank you very much for coming on to the Life Bath podcast. You're welcome, I'm so excited about this. Oh, I'm really, really pleased, I I'd, I'd love having you on, so thank you very much for agreeing and, and coming on and having a chat. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, so it's uh, lovely to see you, and uh, I thought what we'd do to start off with is um, just sort of tell me a little bit about your blog and, and, and what you do and, and how it all started.
1: So where do you even start with a question like that you just got so much (laughs) to say so I started my blog about I would say about four years ago but then I started taking it seriously probably about three years ago where I really invested into it and wanted it to sort of take off um so my blog is Gemma's Little World I kind of just started it because all of my friends were like constantly like Where did you get that from? Why you got this... How you got this confidence? Or you're so confident. How can I be like that? Or what would be like... You love your skincare products. You love your theatre. Or where would you recommend to go and eat? I was just doing all these things quite naturally. I'm quite extrovert. Mm -hmm. So I was like, well, if everyone asks me, maybe I'll start a blog. I mean, who knows? So that's exactly where it came from. And then I'm here today and it's just took off into a direction I never knew it would but I am so happy with it
0: oh no fantastic so is it has it evolved at all since you started it did it kind of change the the topics and things that you've talked about
1: absolutely so when I started it I very much thought I was going to be I wanted to start it for plus size fashion and body confidence but then I ended up blogging mainly sort of about beauty and in the northeast mm-hmm. so as it's evolved i still very much talk about the northeast because i love it and that's where i'm from and i'm so passionate about it why not talk about it but i I did evolve as my blog grew my confidences grew so then i felt more confident to start talking about my body issues or other people's body issues yeah body confidence in general yeah um and then about being plus size as well it ties in so yeah it it all evolved where I t- finally took the plunge once Once I'd got established and got that confidence. I was like, this is what I'm going to talk about because I want to be as authentic as I can. Yeah. And that's really the whole reason I really started it. I, th- I think it's really, really easy when you start blogging to compare yourself to other people. Because mm-hmm. if you haven't done a blog, of course, you've got to look for examples. Yeah. Like, I could look at you if I'd never blogged and think, oh, well, I've got to do what she's doing. Yeah. So, it's hard to take all them examples, but then make it your own. Yeah, you've
0: got to find your own style, haven't you?
1: Yeah, and that just doesn't happen overnight at all. Yeah. So, that's why, you know, that's why it's got to where it is now, where I'm really focusing on that, because that's what I'm passionate about. Um. But, yeah... It's a long journey, and I foresee an even longer journey. Yeah, you know, it could it could all change again, but for now, this is what I wanted to write about, and I'm writing about it, and I'm happy with yeah the way it is at the minute. Yeah,
0: so you define yourself as a as, as a plus size blogger. What is your sort of your opinion on that of, of having to be classed as a plus size blogger and not just fashion bloggers and, and do, yeah. you, do you like being sta- standing out and saying I'm a plus size blogger or yeah. do you wish everything was just a lot more inclusive
1: I mean as a plus size blogger my message is constantly a fashion brand that it should be inclusive mm-hmm. but it, it's a really tricky one because being a plus size blogger unfortunately you are part of a niche when you're looking at your blog you want to be part of a niche so classifying myself as a plus size blogger can, is a benefit yeah Um, in terms of being part of that community yeah um just like i'm part of like the northeast community as well um it is infuriating that sometimes i have to label myself as a plus size blogger because what does that matter if i'm plus size or not i'm still a fashion blogger yeah um but but then you know I, i would only be talking about accessories or footwear or something that everyone else can wear yeah I can't really talk about that because I haven't got that experience. Yeah. So, there's pros and cons. Yeah. So,
0: kind of going going right back in your sort of life, have have you always been plus size? Is it, is it something you've always had confidence about, or is it something you've struggled with?
1: I mean, at school, our school was a really sort of significant secondary school. was a massive significant point in my life, mm-hmm. and I think it is for everybody. Yeah. But. School, I always remember I was always the little fat one. But it was always a derogatory thing. It was never like, oh, she's the happy little fat one. She has to be sad because she's little and fat. Yeah. But when I look back now, I was never little and fat. I was into sports all day, every day. Um, And I might have come across confident to those bullies at school, but I really wasn't. Mm-hmm. But that spurred me on to be... To make other people feel confident. It didn't spur me on to lose weight. At the time when I was younger it did. But as I've grown older I've realised what's really important. And weight is not significant to me being who I am at all. Or my self worth. As I've grown as a person in my journey. That's what I've learnt. Yeah. So that's the message that I want to pass on to everybody else now. So I'm at a point in my life where my weight does con you know it has got concerns in terms of health um but everyone else can have different health problems as well yeah it doesn't make me less worthy of a person at all no not but at all. there are so many women and men out there that feel that their weight defines them and my message is it absolutely doesn't yeah
0: did you ever feel pressure growing up to to lose weight did anyone in your kind of personal life put pressure on you to lose weight
1: So, growing up in school, like, the school teachers never put any pressure. The bullies obviously did. Um, My friends, absolutely not, because they're your friends. Mm -hmm. When I grew up, so I'm 32 now. When I grew up, I did not have all this social media the way girls do now. But it was things like family. And it's, it's obviously really hard to talk about your family. But it's one of the biggest things. So, it's just been Christmas. And at Christmas time, all your family get together... And as a plus size person, it is so difficult at that time of year when your family come together and they think that they're doing what's best for you, and they're like, "Oh, do you think you need to lose a bit of weight?" Or do you think that in the conversation around the table is your weight?
0: Yeah, not- family
1: family think that that they
0: can be more honest than they kind of probably need to be. Yeah.
1: And it's like, come on, I've got a full time job. I do this blog, which is quite successful on the side. I've got an education. I'm not a stupid person. I know that there are facts around health. I don't need you, you know, pressurising me about that. Or even commenting it in that kind of environment. It there, there's there's good ways and bad ways to talk about those kind of things. But that brings up a whole different conversation about mental health.
0: Yeah, um, and that—that's kind of a, 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 as well. What, what kind of what I want to get into? So, can did that spur you on and give you the 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 kind of confidence to to want to to talk out more and speak to people that were also plus size?
1: Yeah, because the amount of private messages that I get of girls saying it's all the same thing, and I've spoke about this loads of time on my Instagram. That sometimes I get a little bit annoyed when people message me saying, oh my God, you're so confident, you're so confident, you're so confident. And the only reason I get annoyed is because I want other people to feel confident. And it's just, it's really, really hard to make people feel that. It's got to come from within. Mm -hmm. But the positive messages that I could send would help that person on their journey to become more confident. Yeah.
0: And do you think sites like Instagram, like that micro-blogging yeah. helps a lot with putting your message across rather than having to kind of write a full blog post that people might sort of skim read or like and go, I'll, I'll read that later. But with yeah. Instagram, you're always on there and you're always... Confident and you're you're putting your message out there and you're showing what you're wearing and and showing what you've what you've been buying and yeah. um being an inspiration to people. So do you think that that's helped with your with your blog as well?
1: It's so nice of you to say that. If I uh, you know in terms of inspiration, I don't ever think of myself like that. Like I even get emotional when somebody says such a nice thing to me like that. Because it's just me like living my life, I suppose.
0: No, you 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 de- definitely even like even i don't say even to me because i have had weight problems my entire life yeah. body confidence issues is always been crazy my weight's fluctuated from being far too skinny yeah. to me feeling like i was overweight yeah. um and it, it was really hard and i love looking at your instagram and i probably have never said that to you because i didn't want to sound patronizing because i'm not a pl- i'm not plus size yeah but it's, it's always inspired me to be like, I need to be more confident because there's things that I probably don't post on Instagram Mm -hmm. because I hate the way I look, which is, is ridiculous. But seeing bloggers like yourself, Mm -hmm. um, being confident and, and saying that everyone should just love their body no matter what is, it, it is a real inspiration.
1: Like Instagram for me opened up so many doors because I thought, oh my God, I could never share these stretch marks because nobody else has them which is the dumbest thing I think I'd ever think but we do think that yeah and so sharing those things is is real is real life so that's why I share those mm-hmm. because everybody has them it's it's a shame that maybe non plus size people don't share that side mm-hmm. but I really think that as a community now we are We are sharing a lot more of these things. There's more open conversations going on. And I think if you just actively go out and find them and be part of them, it'll just spur you on like a little bit at a time. It can't just come overnight. And I have a lot of issues still. I still have body confidence issues. They're never going to disappear. They're probably going to get harder as social media develops. Yeah. So, you know, it's a constant battle. It's a constant journey and you're never going to end it. It's never going to have an end date. Yeah. And you're never going to win or lose it. It's just constant. And you've just got to rein... It's, to me, it's about reinforcing those messages. Yeah. So, I, if I can try and do that, I will do that. Yeah. I think going back to what you said about microblogging. Mm-hmm. So, I think the reason that i'm come more comfortable with microblogging and i like it more than maybe writing a blog post is because i feel like instagram for example in twitter you know it's it's instant but it's also builds that trust because it's real engagement
0: yeah it's authentic isn't it yeah
1: mm-hmm. it's the here it's the now it's not you know writing reading someone's blog writing a comment and then them taking six weeks to write that comment back it's instant gratification mm-hmm. so you know, and it's private messages that you're able to do to support each other. There's obviously negatives about that as well. But I prefer micro-blogging because of that trust element that you've got. And I think that's why I'm able to engage with the people that I do.
0: Yeah. And what is the type of feedback that you get kind of with the, the photos that you that you put on and those real sort of the body confident photos yeah. that, you, that you're that you trying to, to show that, that everyone's beautiful and you, you do look beautiful in them?
1: What is the, the response that you get back from that? So many people ask me that question. And I've pretty much had about two or three messages from Twitter, sort of Instagram trolls. And that's about it.
0: That's amazing. <laughs> the amount
1: of, the only, you know, the majority of the messages that I get are positive messages. So it's social media puts a spin on it that it's so negative. Mm-hmm. When my experience, per, and I can only speak from my experience, is being mostly positive. Yeah. And those negative things, you know, I'll just delete and then forget because yeah. it's just like all the other negative comments in my life. So maybe that's just me being able to do that because I've developed that that ability to do that. Unfortunately. Yeah. But you know, I I still I think the odds sort of the statistics speak for themselves, really.
0: Yeah but that's great that you that you're getting such a a, a positive cuz it I think social media can really affect people's mental health and and it putting can. yourself out there when um you might not be what is conventionally classed as the norm yeah. which I don't think the norm really exists no. but putting yourself out there it, it is scary to to have that backlash from people yeah. or, and to the fact that it's it's mainly positive is is fantastic for for yourself.
1: I mean, you're in control of your own social media, aren't you? Yeah. So if you want to put a message out there and you're scared of that feedback, just don't allow it to come back to you. Mm -hmm. Don't look at that message. You know, you're in control of it at the end of the day. You've got to be responsible for that. And I know you know you can't control negative comments coming towards you but you've just got to build that resilience and and move on from them because they want you to go back to them Mm -hmm. they want you to put a comment on there they want you to feel humiliated you have to feel down they want to rise out of
0: you don't they and yeah and that's the whole point of making the making the comment and it's just ridiculous
1: so i suppose the positive side from it is that you've you've reached them and you've made them think about something yeah even if They have got a negative opinion about it. They're still looking at you, and They're just a new another viewer. Yeah, it's their own issues, isn't it? When people feel the
0: need to have to comment, it's it's something in their own life that they need to deal with, and that's not on you to to solve that.
1: Yeah, and I mean, I think at the minute the most difficult thing that I'm facing is trying to put my message out there for my audience, and I'm aware that I have an audience. Mm -hmm. But not maybe not everybody wants to see that. Yeah. And going back to the what I just said about you're in control of it. You're in control if you want to see my post. So if my post at the same time is making you feel bad about yourself or your decisions, then you're in control of that. Yeah. So, you know, you have to be mindful of that yeah. as well.
0: That's the big thing at the minute, isn't it? Where a lot of people are saying that if you're scrolling through Instagram and things are making you feel sad or that you're sat in on a Saturday night and you're looking at at people on far away amazing holidays, like you're in control of whether you want to see that or not. So it's the people that that want to see your posts and and take the the inspiration from it and don't look at it as a, oh, this is what I'm doing and showing off. It's it's not that. It's about showing what you're doing and and being positive and and being an influence to, to other people.
1: Yeah, there's obviously people choose to show a lot of the positive or the glam side, especially on Instagram. Yeah, I really try my best to do a bit of both.
0: You definitely do as well. It's nice. It's nice to see, especially with Instagram stories. I think yeah, everyone's Instagram grid they liked it to to look nice or yeah. But and my biggest thing is if anyone actually thinks and looks at an Instagram grid and thinks that. That's someone's genuine life. It's like one photo out of <laughs> yeah. 24 hours or one photo out of an entire week that exactly. you've kind of snapped and looks quite nice. Yeah. So um, hopefully people that are on social media aren't as naive to think that that is 100% someone's life. Yeah. But then that's what I love about your Instagram stories is that you will go on and have a rant. And if you want to have a rant, you'll have a rant. <laughs> and it, that's, yeah. not a, that's not a bad thing. And yeah. um, I kind of hate it when people have to caveat that with, oh, I'm sorry, I'm not being positive. It's like people aren't on positive 24 hours a day. Yeah, and you, you've got to go on and see the real side of people. Um, and again, if you don't want to see someone having a rant, then you, you, you don't watch it. You're in you, yeah. like exactly
1: what you said, you're in control. Exactly. You could have, be having a really bad day and... Listening to somebody be so negative and having a rant could really impact your day and make you feel worse. Mm. Whereas, like, you could be absolutely fine and you could find someone's rant absolutely hilarious. Yeah, or oh, so, someone's
0: rant, you're feeling terrible and someone's rant makes you feel, exactly. oh, well, I'm, yeah, well, yeah. they're also having a shit day, so yeah. that's fine.
1: <laughs> so, We're all having a shit day, it's <laughs> yeah, <so>, okay. Exactly. <laughs> yeah.
0: So you've wrote a lot of um posts about diversity in the fashion industry. Yeah. So what um changes have you seen? What what have you sort of seen in the in the fashion industry and, and the positive changes over the years with with fashion?
1: Like plus size fashion has come a long way in that everybody's talking about it. But unfortunately, I feel like that's all that's happening. Everyone's talking about it, but our brand's actually doing something about it. Mm-hmm. So I think a a good a good point to make is you've got like this high end fashion, you know the catwalks that you see, and then you've got the high street fashion. So for me, my audience is obviously high street because no way would I have the money even even if I could fit into the clothes. I don't have the money, so mine is obviously the high street. But you know where there was a great post done just recently at the end of last year by a lot of plus size bloggers and they wrote a letter collectively to plus size brands to say look we are here i also did an article like two years ago for the sun right um and i, I was a size 16 and now a size 18 but it was two years ago so let me off <laughs> um
0: <laughs> nothing wrong with that
1: at that time the average size of a woman in the UK was a size 16 and that was like 55%. Mm-hmm. So if you are, and that was a size 16, if you are a brand, why not make your clothes to fit the majority of the percentage of the women? Not all of them, absolutely. But why not have something that's available for all? Yeah, It doesn't and, make any
0: sense really, no. does it? In that kind of, that, that you're completely right. The majority of, of, women in the UK are not a size eight, size six. Like yeah. it's, it. you need to be more inclusive to the majority. Absolutely.
1: Like when I, I used to love going shopping when I was younger. Like when I had pocket money. I'm <laughs> sorry, my give it <laughs> it. But as an adult now, and I've got that disposable income because I work hard for it. And I would go shopping on a Saturday to your high street or your metro centre mm-hmm. or wherever it is. I literally have, like, six shops I can go in. Yeah. If that, I'm that lucky. And if I want to buy clothes, if I'm out in an emergency and I've ripped my tights, I can't just go and buy a pair of tights in a shop. And, yeah, I've got the disposable income there to buy it. Yeah. And it's just really unfair, and it's just... It makes me really sad. Like, if the girls say, Do you want to go out shopping? I, I will, because I'll make myself go. Yeah. And I'm like, I can... I can make me like get away with that, I can buy that, I can buy that. I'll just make it work. But there's a lot of girls that, you know, make it make like that would make them feel really negative. Mm-hmm. But it's not um it's not just about women either. It's you know, everybody like there isn't enough diversity in the high street at yeah. all. It's you, you go in if you are plus size, you've got a tiny section. A tiny section. And I'm forced to wear that really horrible green top or that really red top. And that's my option. Yeah. Like, you know, what if I wanted a little black dress? What if I wanted a sexy dress to show off my curves and not a dress that's going to hang on me and make me look like an elephant?
0: Yeah. Do you you think that online um, has changed that online fashion and the fact that there's there's a lot more retailers out there that that can go online and and be available for plus size models.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think online has been the major contributor to plus size fashion in the UK definitely. Um I went to Curve Fashion Festival for the second time last year and the difference in the brands you could tell were all online retailers. Mm. So it's those online retailers that are that that are selling things, and of course, the high street's gonna go bankrupt because of that, because they're not making the moves to do that. Yeah. But it's the online retailers that are constantly ahead of, like that, that they're on the game when it mm-hmm. comes to trends. Yeah. So you can wear trends. You can also pick and choose any trend that you want to wear if you want to be a trendsetter. You can do it because you've got that choice online. Yeah. Um. And it's, so you... it's inclusive to everybody. Yeah.
0: Your style is, like, lovely. It's amazing. Like, I love seeing the Thank clothes you. that you're wearing and the amount of times that I've kind of wanted to wear the plus-size brands that yeah. you've got and kind of can't find them in my size, which I know that sounds ridiculous to say, but no, it it's so lovely. And I was like, oh, that that's really nice. That it is kind of annoying that it's not Definitely. just one skirt that that Everybody goes from the bottom to top doesn't yeah. matter everyone you love that skirt you you have that in in your size yeah. but there is things like I'm addicted to ASOS 100% completely yeah, me too. <laughs> addicted to ASOS and there'll be lots of things on the curve range yeah. that you that, that doesn't exist in the normal range and things in the normal range that doesn't exist in the curve range Yeah. and I'm like why well, have a curve range just have sizes available yeah. to, to all.
1: They do do a bit of both, but, yeah, the, the the majority of them are just for the curve range, which is great to for, obviously, that audience, but it what is. you're saying, exactly right. um, Because sometimes I, I can get an 18 from ASOS if it's, like, oversized. I feel... Like, I am sort of neglecting my audience that way. And I feel like this guilt, this social media guilt, that I can't give them what they want when they want that dress because it only goes up to an 18. Yeah. Um. But, you know, m- majority of the times I will try and find stuff that other people can wear. Yeah. So it, you can never, ever win with fashion, but that's <laughs> the beauty of it, yeah. is that you can look at something and then create it yourself. Yeah. So that's what I do. I look at, I don't look at a plus size audience and be like, oh, I want to wear that. I look at an inclusive audience of everything. Mm -hmm. If something catches my eye, I'll go out and try and find something that'll look like that. And style it like that. Yeah. So like, last year, New York Fashion Week, you really did see that, you know, there there was a few plus size models on the catwalk and they were starting to make moves. Mm Mm-hmm. London Fashion Week is coming up, so it's gonna be really interesting to see because they didn't, they didn't do anything last year in London Fashion Week.
0: Right. Okay. Um, so do you think that was follow, substantial enough? Yeah. Follow with New York and and hopefully no. Have some I don't sort think
1: of... it will. Yeah. Unfortunately, but the American plus size market is considerably bigger than ours. Yeah. Um, but they don't have a high street fashion like we do. So. It's hard to compare. Yeah, and who
0: are your favorite brands that you that you buy from? Brands
1: again, ASOS. We should be sponsored for this post- podcast. ASOS, please sponsor me. <laughs> <laughs> um, so one my favorites would be ASOS. I love love a brand called Elvi. Um, exactly what we've been talking about. Elvi go go from one size up to another size. Everybody can wear the same thing. Fantastic. They're a little bit higher priced, and they're quite a new sort of. Design, I would say. Yeah. Um. Not a lot of people heard of them, of them but they're brilliant, and their co- their pieces are really good quality. Um. I find sometimes with a lot of plus size brands, because it's online. I'm saying plus size, but a lot of online brands you can buy it. It could be really cheap. Yeah. Um. So, my favorite plus size brands would have to say, ASOS, LV, Pretty Little Thing. I love Primark, as does everybody. You seem to get a lot of um, clothes like
0: from like which I love, like the um, Asda and things oh, like yeah. that. Like they, they seem to to be really inclusive when with, with sort of larger sizes.
1: Yeah, that's. I'm trying to make that shift at the minute to affordable plus size clothing, because when plus size fashions first came out, was the likes of Evans I find really expensive. Mm simply be i find really expensive and it's like they're the only two shops you can go into or that some people are aware of yeah um when you think about Asda and Tesco they go up to the size 24 again it doesn't hit that larger sizes of the plus size fashion yeah but it's you know it's still a positive isn't it yeah so when you get a price the price tag that's really good as well as a size tag that's really good um and i find that they're always really true to size which is one of those um topics that People are like, well, is anything true to size? We're all different shapes and sizes. Yeah, I know. That's the thing, isn't it? It's like you can be a,
0: a 16 in one shop, but a 12 in another. Or, yeah, and, and it's, it's quite demoralizing, isn't it? Yeah, it is. And and I think that's that's what we need to get out of our heads of, of numbers. And yeah. it's just your, your body. Because I've been sort of stupid enough to be like that of being in a shop and trying something on that i love but it doesn't really fit and i've refused to go the next size up
1: where did that come from because i think it came from school i always remember oh she's size 12 so she has to be a size 12 i mean who am i kidding it was a size 8 or 10 yeah but it was always like you had to be the same size as everyone just like you had to have the same trainers as everybody yeah but what you've got to think about where that came from? Where yeah. did it come from? It it, it's just it, it peer pressure.
0: Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. It's no. that whole pressure that we put on ourselves to to feel like we don't want to be we don't want to be bigger, or we don't want yes. this. And it's 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 stupid because I've, if you buy the next size up, it's going to look lovely, and it and
1: you look fantastic in it. Yeah, number is not anything. I've said to so many people before when they've said, "Oh, do you feel guilty if you've gone up a clothes size?" So if you were to buy a really nice dress, what is somebody going to come up to you and say, oh, I like that dress. What size are you? Nobody ever in real life ever says that to you. No one cares. No one cares. Like, oh, where did you get that dress? Where's it from? Not what size are you? Yeah, exactly. Oh, well, what size is that one? And you're like, you're never yeah, going to say that. No. And you w- never ask what person, like you might say, you know, what sizes does it go up to? And what are you wearing? hmm but that's a reflection on them because they want to wear that dress, yes. not you. Yeah, yeah. And it's crazy to think that we actually go into a shop and we're like, oh, I've got to have to buy that size 14, unfortunately. But it still looks absolutely lovely. So, yeah, yeah I think
0: that's um, that's definitely something that, that we need to work on just sort of within ourselves of just yeah. not caring about the number and, and just wearing the size that that looks the best and And having that body confidence Yeah, yeah exactly so where do you want to take your sort of message with body confidence um and and being a plus size model what what do you see kind of the future
1: i've got so many aspirations so i would love to do like plus size modeling for brands i'd love to be part of more i mean i've worked with a lot of brands last year and looking back at like in January when you look back at your year um and I didn't realize how many brands I had worked with last year um but there's a lot more coming up there's a lot more new ones coming out this year it's gonna be so exciting so I want to do more brand campaigns more maybe a some plus size modeling for whatever opportunity may come up yeah i want to do more interviews just like this yeah um and then i just want to continue with my message because i'm i I am a micro blogger at the end of the day so i am just giving out little messages to my little audience and i'm quite happy with that at the minute because i work full time so you know it's it's the right balance that i've got at the moment yeah my outcome at the end of it the big pipe dream would be to be a fashion designer but an inclusive one so yeah exactly what we're saying one that fits all yeah but you know with with plus size being the brunt of the forecast. Yeah.
0: But even if it was a, a, a plus size brand, it, it the inclusivity has to be there in the future. And it, it has to be that everyone can can have availability to everything they want exactly. to have. But there needs to be more plus yeah. size brands out there. There needs to be more clothes that take a design and make it look just as beautiful on A plus size person than it it does on the regular models that they use so it's um it's a fantastic dream to have because it's a a ideal business to 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 market at
1: that at, at, at plus size people yeah that's what i would love to do and just see people wearing like my designs but also feeling really confident in them and that would just be amazing On your
0: uh, Instagram, you are very honest about your life and and everything, and you have talked about uh, the fact that you have uh, PCOS. Yes. So, if you don't mind talking about that, kind of what was your your history with that? Because um, I was diagnosed with PCOS back in two thousand and eleven, but uh-huh. I think my journey has been very different because I haven't suffered f- from it. Massively, uh-huh. but it is still something that's always there. So I'm always interested in in hearing other people's stories and and how they've dealt with it and and how much it's affected their life.
1: Yeah, uh, it's it takes over my life. It's so I was diagnosed three years ago with polycystic ovaries, and that was after constant heavy bleeding, constant pain, dictating what I could or couldn't do. So. To the point where I just couldn't even go to work I was in that much pain Um, Couldn't enjoy my holidays Anything and everything affected me With that condition Um, And it still still does now But having that diagnosis makes me Having any diagnosis when you've got something Makes you feel a little bit better That you know exactly what's going on with your body Yeah,
0: even if it's not fixed You've got something to call it
1: Yeah, yeah I think the problem for me, and one of the reasons that, that I love talking out on my blog about, is how negative I feel when I come away from the doctors. So, because of my weight, the doctors have said that they won't give me any medication to treat it. So, the reason that I went to get it investigated, because I would like to have children one day, um, and and with this constant bleeding, I was like, what? Well, how am I going to do that? I mean how are you going to have any time to do anything to then you know it's just constant like how how would you get around it yeah um but it the massive toll it has on your emotions as well you're tired you're in pain you're sad how do you make yourself feel better when all the doctors are telling you to do is lose weight it's really really hard um and so that's why i wanted to sort of just let everyone else know that I'm going through that as well. Yeah. it's we're all going through that at the same time. Um, But the condition isn't just linked to weight issues. You know, everybody might have it for different reasons. Yeah. So it's really frustrating when you come out of a GP and all they've got to say is it's your weight. Yeah. You know, going into the GP, you could have a bloody bad eye and it would be because you're fat it's so infuriating yeah
0: it is is crazy because the the people that i've spoke to they they haven't got the condition because they're overweight Uh or i wasn't overweight um at the time when i was was diagnosed so i uh just hadn't had a period in about a year yeah um and i ignored it and i ignored it and obviously i knew that it wasn't anything that I wasn't pregnant or anything like that. Yeah. And I just ignored it. And then I just went... I went to the doctors and I was just like, look, I, I need to, to look into it. I need to get tested. Yeah. Um, and they did and they did the scans and everything and, and they did a blood test and that's when the um it's the testosterone levels, isn't it? Um so so they they knew there was something wrong there. Mm-hmm. Um and then they, they went for the scan and then but they were just kind of very matter of fact. It was just like, yeah, yeah, you've got um polycystic ovaries. Yeah. No there was no information. There was no I was like, well what well, what does that mean? Mm-hmm. And then I went back for a checkup with the doctor. Um and then that's when he was like, well we can put you on maybe put you on this medication or maybe put you on this medication. I was like, I, I don't understand what any of it means or how yeah. it's how it's going to affect me, uh-huh. um, and the side effects of it. Just kind of tell me about how how it affected you and kind of the side effects that comes with with. PCOS. I think it's
1: really hard because you're in this constant cycle, and it could be you know other conditions might be linked to it, but you're in this constant cycle of feeling shit, feeling overweight. Feeling like you're useless because you need to lose overweight, but you're so down about it that it's so hard to do that. Yeah, like for that's my opinion. It, you know, if I'm stressed, I'm I'll re I'll eat, mm-hmm. but I also if if I'm happy as well. So yeah, so yeah, I mean, it's just it the toll it takes on your mental health. It's sometimes it's it takes a lot of energy to push through that barrier and actually come out of it positive. Yeah, but. When you know that there's other people going through the same thing, it makes it makes you feel better that you're part part of this community and other people are struggling. Yeah. And the more we talk about it, the more information that comes out, yeah, absolutely like you. I had to go and find that information. Yeah.
0: I had to research it myself. Yeah. Didn't didn't understand kind of the the ramifications of that, of, like, having kids in the future and, yeah. and how it was going to affect that. and um... Yeah,
1: like, they don't talk to you about that. Imagine you're a woman that wants to have children and they just don't, the, the, the very matter of fact, like you said, they're not all like, oh, well, this might upset you. You've got emotions that exist. <laughs> they <laughs> yeah. just send you out with a diagnosis and, and that's what it feels like you get at the minute with this or... So. I would like to see a lot more research done towards it. Yeah. I'd love to work with brands if they want to, you know, reach out and I'll write more stories about it. Yeah. Anybody that's got questions, you know, they'll message me about it. Um I feel like I don't talk about it enough. Right. But you know, if I could talk all day about it. Yeah. And how do you
0: how do you cope with it? But like to trying to put it on a positive the, the way that you're feeling like what are your cope mechanisms to, to deal with that?
1: I think I cope with it the same way I would cope with it if someone was saying a negative comment to me. So you've just kind of gotta remember that it's not your fault. It's not you. It's them. It's the policystical view people. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, it's not it's nothing you've done wrong. Yeah. So, you know, you you're doing the right things. You've just gotta, you know, if there's things that can help you, accept that help. Try and just do as much as you can about that. But at the end of the day, know that it's it's not it's not you. You haven't done anything wrong to cause that, and that's just reinforcing that helps yep. me.
0: And what kind of things do you like to do in in life to kind of get you out of that slump? If you do start kind of feeling a little bit negative and yeah. and kind of what what do you like to do to perk you up
1: i've had a really negative day today. day surprisingly um i just posted about it on instagram so i like to have like a hot bath a, like i have a bath bomb mm. but i suppose just surround yourself with the things that make you happy in life but you should be doing that anyway yeah and uh, i've done a massive cull the last year so you know just if so Just something that makes you laugh about something. Watching absolutely pointless TV show where you don't even have to think. Yeah. Like, about anything. Yeah. Just where you just proper belly laugh at something. Yeah. Or Um, go out with your friends. But don't talk about it. Yeah. Accept that rule. I don't want to talk about this today. I want to talk about something absolutely hilarious or funny. I would say, don't get drunk if you're down about something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it all comes
0: out there. <laughs> yeah,
1: but go and have a good dance or something, or go to the beach and have a walk along the beach because that's another one of my favourite things to do. Yeah, and I don't, I don't post loads of beach walks, but I, I always go to the beach because yeah. that's my time-out zone. Yeah, so, have you ever
0: um, been to the beach for a scream? <laughs> No. So, so me and my best friend, when we were younger, um, we used to go at the beach for a scream, which meant just going down to the sea and the boat you just scream at the top of your lungs into the sea. And but do oh my not god. That's well, somebody you... drowning. Where well, it's kind of not more of like it's not like a they... scared, it's just like a full-on like like, a like an angry <laughs> sort of scream but just into the sea we we used to do it when it was like really quiet like when it was a bit later on and yeah. people wouldn't think that we were completely lost the plot but it did make us feel really really good uh, and we haven't done it for years and whenever she texts us and anything's getting a bit stressful i like i always joke and say do we need to go to the beach for a scream like, not, an ice, no, a not scream. an ice cream no not an ice cream a scream
1: <laughs> i'm gonna have to try that one Sometimes i'll just do it in the house but i think yeah. it's probably better to do it at the beach yeah it does it
0: gives you um it's quite exhilarating
1: yeah <laughs> it's too cold to go to the beach right now though
0: yeah yeah well that's probably the best time to do it though because there won't be that many yeah, people there won't around there'll, be there'll anyone be a around. couple of dog walkers just looking yeah. at you like you're a bit crazy
1: <laughs> yeah it's a good one but yeah i think that would be like my top tips yeah fantastic but everyone has different things like um some people like to bake or cook a meal or something, just to ignore anything else that's going on.
0: Yeah, in their no, life. it's it's good that you that you have that and and that you that you know, kind of your triggers and and that w- what's gonna what's gonna pull you out of that and and be positive and and sometimes even going on Instagram and and just talking not talking about what you're down about or anything and, and yeah. just just having that interaction and um talking to people and and I'm guessing that when you get messages off people. It's and you see how you're impacting them, yeah, I think that's gonna be a a real positive to you as well, definitely, yeah, I
1: probably would still do it even if I didn't get anything back from it because it helps me, yeah, so that that's going back to why why are you doing something you wanna do it for you, there's no point in being a blogger or a social media influencer, whatever you wanna call yourself, if you're doing it for other people, yeah because it's just not authentic or genuine.
0: So like you mentioned, you don't just post about um, plus size and body confidence. You also are fantastic at recommendations of the Northeast. So what is it that you love about that side of of blogging and, and putting your recommendations out there?
1: I think, I mean, I just love where I'm from. Although um, I, I was born in Germany And I travelled around before I settled back in Newcastle where my parents are from. So I moved here since I was about four or five. We're an army baby. Yes. (laughs) Um so but this is where my parents are from and this is where I would say, you know, I'm from here. Yeah. But I just love telling people because you're on social media, it doesn't matter where you are in the world, but people want to know your life. (laughs) They want to know everything about your life, where you're going how how long it's taking how you are getting there what you doing when you're there what you're wearing what makeup you're gonna be wearing yeah, <laughs> who's she with <laughs> who's she friends with who's she not friends with you know everybody wants to know everything, so if I can incorporate the northeast into my feed somehow then then I'm going to do that because i i I love where I'm from, obviously I speak to other bloggers like like you will like like bloggers speak to people and other bloggers um and there's been so many that I've met that have moved to Newcastle whether they've been a student or they've just moved to Newcastle from other places in the world or even other places in the UK and the stories or perceptions that they have of Newcastle absolutely blow my mind they think we're like Billy Elliot (laughs) they think that we all live in i mean i do live in a terraced house but like (laughs) like
0: everyone lives in a terraced yeah everybody does
1: and that everybody works in a coal mine and if they don't they work (laughs) in a bakery or they're sweeping their chimneys and that we've got no money everybody thinks out of the northeast but when they come here the stories that i get from these people are always oh my god everyone is so nice here Oh, I was walking along the road and I started chatting to this random man, and he was lovely. And I'm like to me, that's not a surprise yeah. at all.
0: It is a fantastic city. It's amazing to, to be from here. And even just like being in like the centre of Newcastle and looking at the architecture and yeah. kind of um and how much it's changed in the last ten years. Oh, that, that's crazy. That it is a lot more metropolitan and there is a lot more of the bigger brands that that are coming to the
1: northeast. Yeah. Um so it's it's really great to see. I think we've got this really good infusion at the minute of Big brands come into Newcastle, making it a metropolitan city, exactly like you said, but also infused with really local brands that are doing so well. Yeah, because there's this huge trend isn't there for local people, places, cafes Yeah. Um, to, to do really well and local people supporting locals um, as well. So I think we've got a really good mix of that. Yeah, at the minute, I don't know personally if i want to see it over tip into somewhere like bigger like london or manchester I quite like the size that we are at the mm-hmm. minute um but i do want to see it and better i want people to know what what it's really like here
0: yeah yeah the representation sometimes on the telly or um in movies i don't think truly represents no. uh newcastle and it is moving away from that stag and hen culture sort of place where the nights out or a lot more than than just that, so yeah. it's really nice to see. What's your favorite uh, things to do in the Northeast? I love
1: theatre. If you read my blog, you'll know yeah. I love theatre. I'm addicted <laughs> to theatre. I loved being on stage when I was younger. It was something that I kind of thought I would always end up doing, but mm. I suppose my blog is my own little stage. Um, but I just love it. It's my it's my escape route. If I go to theatre, I'm thinking about that. I'm not thinking about anything else. But also, the fact that I can sit in a theatre and watch something I could sit once upon a time, you could only sit in London and watch, is it's amazing to me. So, I just, yeah, I just love theatre. And so, if you're in the Northeast, that's what you should go and do. But I also love eating out, and there's so many new places to eat out all of the time. Yeah, that's <laughs> the problem, though, is I know. that there's too many places to all eat of out the time, all of the time. People ask me, like, where should I go? And I'm like, okay, well. I would recommend this, 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 but then there's this new place that I haven't tried and then that goes back on my list, but by the time it does, there's somewhere else that yeah. opens.
0: And there's not enough days in the week and in no. the month and if there was, you just would be bankrupt with I how know. many places you'd want to eat.
1: But yeah, I think um, if you're into sport as well, Newcastle's I mean, it's just won the bid for the Rugby World Cup mm-hmm. in 2021 um, and it's already hosted rugby before that. Um, we've got more and more gigs coming up north. Music scene's really buzzing at the minute if you're into music. I'm into more dancing than my music. Um, but yeah, for me, it would be like theatre and shopping. Yeah, The shopping is just amazing at the minute. in Eldon Square and into Metro Centre have just smashed it out of the park. Yeah. We well, don't it's... need to go anywhere else for anything. Yeah,
0: definitely. It's actually your Instagram that made me realise of the shops that are now in eldon square because i haven't been into town for that long yeah like if i need to a, a, like, live close to other places or i'll go to the, like the metro center or something um, and then I was like looking at your Instagram I was like oh my god they've got like this shop there now and they've got this shop there now yeah. so yeah oh that's
1: good it's, I'm uh, influencing people yeah but... you, well you are you are
0: That's so um, I needed to take a trip in the, in the Newcastle City Centre so well actually I don't need any excuse that's to do more shopping on Sunday but... and
1: then I come away with less money than I thought <laughs>
0: yeah i know that's just uh it's not good my shopping addiction but that's the problem with with social media is because oh, know. people influence you so much that you're just like oh yeah that looks really good or i didn't realize that shop existed i'll go and have a look at that i and, know um which is fantastic for the brands but uh, i know not i mean I, st- I
1: get sent stuff to obviously um work with but i still shop i've still got a shopping addiction It's never gonna go away
0: <laughs> yeah it's good
1: So talking about
0: sort of influencers, um, if anyone, if you like using that word, uh, who is your sort of role models and your influencer that that kind of you love looking at and, and, and you kind of want to aspire to be?
1: Yeah, I've got my blogger influencers and then I've got my role models. Yeah. So I suppose like on the blogging scene, I could name so many people. In terms of role models who inspire me to just be myself... There's a girl called Jess on the plus size and she's on Instagram. Um, and she's absolutely hilarious. Um, and so I love, I just love her Insta stories. If you ever want someone to cheer you up, just go and watch her. She's hilarious. But in terms of content creating and a plus size bloggers, Chloe in the Curve is amazing at that. She's really working with a lot more brands and pushing for brands. You know, you see these adverts, and she she's on them now because she's advocating for all sizes to be mm-hmm. in these adverts. So seeing her do that, there's other ones, other plus size bloggers more doing that more. Um, so that's an absolute inspiration for me. Um, in terms of role models, Felicity Hayward, the plus size blogger that is everywhere at the mm-hmm. minute, she's absolutely. Amazing to me, she's like my number one role model. Um, she just gives off such confidence, and she just seems really funny to be around. And I know it's just obviously social media, and I don't know her personally, but if I could do what she is doing and travel in the world, telling people to be happy with their body, then that would be a dream job. Um, but yeah, in terms of like blogging itself, is obviously in the fro, Victoria. I mean, I just don't know how she juggles yeah. everything in life.
0: She's on a plane like every other day, yeah. and yeah, it. Uh... So for
1: me, that that's a massive role model. Like, how do you juggle life and blogging and constantly being on social media? Yeah, it's a uh...
0: full time job, isn't it? She has just built this empire uh, yeah. around what she does. So yeah, I, I I love looking to her as well and kind of having that, that role model to be like, wow, like you've you done yeah. it. Yeah,
1: I think the difference with her, because me and you met her at that event yeah. when she came to Newcastle, was I feel like she's really genuine and so nice that I look at her photos and I don't think, of course they're edited, but I look at her photos and I don't think, oh my God, this is like, She's got the perfect life. Yeah. No, you know, yeah, This definitely. is what I want to live to, and I'm failing because I'm not like her. Like, she tells you how hard it, hard it is. You see how much little time she's got. You see how much hard work she puts yeah. into it. And she's just really authentically genuine. Yeah. Her, her photos are very...
0: I mean, she's... she's you've got a professional photographer as a fiance, your photos are going to be amazing.
1: And if you're working with brands, you have to to give
0: that. And it's very, it's it's more artistic, isn't it? Because I'm exactly the same. She's probably the one that if I hadn't realised how nice she is as a person, that you would probably look at her feed and be like, oh my God, like, I'm never going to get a photo like that or (laughs) I'm never going to visit those places. But it's not like that. It's looking at it more... In an artistic sense of like, wow, that looks like incredible. Like, she, and then you
1: know the hard work she's put into yeah, it.
0: Yeah, it is. It's a it's it's a lot of hard work, and so she she is she is a great role model. Yeah. I think to to a lot of people, and yeah. I think um, people need to sort of even see more of her. Um, and I've been out there because there's there's a lot of other sort of YouTubers and things that maybe have millions of followers that are nowhere near as sort of inspirational as as the the ones that are still to us yeah massive youtubers but in the actual grand scheme of things maybe don't have the, the biggest following that the others do
1: yeah but yeah i would say that those are my role models if i had to sort of pick any top ones but i don't i don't really sort of look up to somebody and aspire to be them like i don't put a picture of someone up on a wall and then say i need to be like them yeah like my ethos has totally changed so I've got role models, but at the same time, I'll kind of look at them and think, how can I be different, but just achieve the same thing they're yeah. achieving? Yeah,
0: still be you and do everything that you need to do and kind of forge your own path. Yes. Um, and, but just take inspiration from, from what they've done. Yeah.
1: And then you've got your, your family, your friends, your parents. I mean, they're all role models to me in some way, shape yeah. or form. Um so yeah all oh my role oh models fantastic
0: well i think that's uh that's everything that we uh, we came to discuss so i hope you uh, you enjoyed it thank you so much for for being um as open as you have been and, and oh, talking about everything and uh definitely uh, everyone check her out on on instagram uh, Gemma's little world and um thank you so much for being here
1: you're welcome thank you so much for having me
0: How lovely is Gemma? She is an absolute sweetheart and I love chatting to her and I really hope you enjoyed it. I think it is so important for more inclusivity in the fashion industry and help women realise that they are beautiful no matter what their body looks like and I think Gemma is really helping with that. You can find Gemma at com, but all of her links and social media will be linked in the accompanying blog post on thelifebath.com so if you go there you'll be able to find everything that we also talked about. Don't forget, I'm going to give a few shout outs to people that follow me. So if you like to be mentioned on the next episode, then tweet me and tell me why you enjoy the Life Bath podcast and I will read them out. As always, a huge thank you to Tom at TMH Sounds for editing and producing this podcast. And thank you to Bradley Parsons for the music. And thank you all for listening. I'll see you all soon. Bye.